In a world where achievements and accolades motivate us to do more and be more, we're often left wondering, is this really it? Deep inside, you know there is more to life. You're ready to leave behind the old push your way through and claim the deeper life that's calling you. That's where we excel. We're your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. And this is the Soulful Leader Podcast. Sit back and relax as we share the shortcuts we've uncovered to help you make shift happen. Welcome back to the Soulful Leader Podcast. And this week, we wanted to talk about the stories we tell ourselves. And I think it's important because the stories we tell ourselves are, it's its really how we define ourselves. I was um, watching something actually just yesterday and this woman had her, it was a, you know, it was on TV and she had her memories, her memories were being taken from her and she was, she was fighting it and she ended up not having her memories taken away. And something that she said really struck me because she said, who would I be without my memories? And as I think about that, as I sit with that, and I've been sitting with it since yesterday afternoon because that's when I heard it. And I think that's a great question. Who would we be without our memories? Who would we be without those stories that we tell ourselves? And there is a part of us that's kind of watching from the outside. And if you ever thought about your thoughts, you know that there's, who's the thinker? And you know, talk about full circle. So on um, one of the responses to our Empowering Questions podcast from last week was someone from my past that actually said his favorite question is, who are you and who is the thinker? And that's that that person behind who's, or the being, the beingness, the spirit, who's behind, who's the one who's watching us? Who's the watcher? Who's the thinker? And when I heard that yesterday of, of, you know, who would I be without my memories? Do you have some you know, thoughts on that? You know, that's such a great, that's such a great question. Who would I be without my memories? And it's one of the things that I, I reflecting within myself too, Marin of, you know, the only thing that we can ever take with us when we leave this bodysuit, you know, our physical, our physical plane, wherever we might go, is our memories. It's not our stuff. We can't take our car. We can't take our house. We can't take our jewelry. We can't take our money. All we take is our memories, the stories. It's also what we leave behind for those that are left still here in the body. You know, if we think about it, it's like that's what we miss you know, is, is the physical connection with those individuals, but what we leave is the memories. So what kind of memories are we living? What kind of memories are we creating or leaving behind? And we can change those stories by how we, how we, you know, think about them. And so I often talk about like higher story, lower story. And so, you know, one of the things that I'm doing right now is restoration in, in my home. And there's a story in my, in my family about business, you know, my, my family's like fourth generation uh, building and construction, not so much construction now, but more building and building supplies and painting. But originally back in the 1800s, my great 
grandfather was a master builder and my grandfather was a master builder. And then my dad was a contractor and my uncle, his brother, was an architect. So there's a story that I've heard many times in my family. It's like, you know, first generation creates it. The second generation reaps the, mm-hmm. re- reaps the rewards and the third generation destroys it. And the fourth generation, well, what happens to them? Is it even possible? And so my brother and I are fourth generation right now of the building. And it's interesting because another story that kind of got laid into my memories is I always wanted to be an architect, love the whole design of creation. And it was never really spoken to me, but it was kind of implied that girls don't become architects. Mm, Never really said that, but that's kind of how I felt, the impression of it. And so interesting enough, I became an architect of people's bodies first Mm. in the way of body work. And now what we're doing together, you and I are is like the architect of one's design of one's thinking and soulfulness through living in this world and being a good steward of, of energy and life and service. So it's, I, I've kind of taken the architecture a different way, but, but, you know, coming back to that, that question, it's like, does that have to be true? That narrative of like that first generation creates a second generation, you know, lives it, the third generation, you know, second generation, a third generation destroys it or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. I want to change that. It doesn't have to be true. Yeah. And I moved home here in a small little rural area in Canada, in Nova Scotia, Canada. And that narrative here was that you can't live big in a small town. You always have to go to the city. And, you know, and after the pandemic, what's so interesting is that we're having big city people moving the city and coming here because it's small, it's connectedness, and we don't have to live that paradigm of of a land-based business or like a, a in-person business, it's come, it's become more virtual. So your thoughts on this too. If like, Well, I was thinking, you know, it's like, just as you were saying that, what was the Margaret Mead quote about um, a small group of people is the, you know, that's the, right. The only yep. people, the, the only thing that could make a change, there's something, there's a Margaret Mead quote along those lines. Don't underestimate the power uh, of a small group of people to change the world. Indeed is the only thing that ever has. Exactly. So yeah, right. It's like, and, and what we're, what we're sharing on this podcast to you all listening is, is that we can change it from the inside. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't, it's not location-based. So wherever you are, you know, we change the world by not what we do, but who we become. And that's how the world changes. Bringing that back around who we become is based on the stories we tell ourselves. And it is directly connected to the empowering questions that we talked about last week and the week before. So if you haven't yet heard those podcasts, it would be great for you to go back and listen and not necessary, um, check in with yourselves. So as I'm thinking about this, uh, there's a story that I wanted to share of last weekend, I got to clean out my in-laws basement. And I know that sounds strange. And I use the word got to very specifically, very purposefully, because in the past, I noticed that if I had been, and I actually was in this situation, I had to do this with my my mom's house when my mom moved to Canada. Um, She just basically took her suitcases and was like, okay, bye, I'm good. And we shared a house at the time. And 
I was so overwhelmed and I thought, oh my God, you just left me with a house full of stuff that I have to deal with. And I had to go through it. And you can hear, like I was, I was, and I felt like I had to. And my uh, in-laws are now in a position where they've both left the house and there's a house full of stuff and it's a lot of stuff. And my husband and I are in the same situation. And I went into it differently. I told a different story about it. I'm I'm a different person. First of all, it's 20 plus years later. And the thing that I noticed was changing that story from I have to, to I get to put me in an aware position. And I noticed that I, I had the opportunity to clean out, this is going to sound strange, but my my in-laws basement and what does that mean for me it it was generational stuff inside of me because everything that happens out there is something that i get to look at inside of me that's one way of looking at life right it's a higher version it's a higher view of looking at life so i find myself in the basement and you know what does the basement represent it it represents the subconscious, the underworld. And so I thought, this is great. I get to just go at all my generational subconscious junk that's in there and make space. And it was amazing. I had such a beautiful weekend cleaning out the stuff. I was happy and everyone around me was grumpy because they were like, You know, you're bringing up such a good point because of that underworld, right? And it's like when we think of buried treasure, that's exactly what we do. We bury the treasure. We put it in the underworld. And so we can look at another visual for those of you who are listening to this. It's like if you imagine an iceberg and all you see is the tip of the iceberg, that's kind of the outer world that we look at. It's all the things that are going on in your outer world. But there's so much underneath the water that's holding up that outer world. And many of us don't take the, the time, the space, or even the courage to dive in and start to unpack what's in our basement, whether it's your in-law's basement, your own personal basement, your family's basement, whatever it is. It's like, that's where the buried treasure is. And I love what you're saying about instead of, I have to do this, I get to do this because it can reveal. So one of the things for those of you who are listening or watching, um, really look at like what are, is showing up in your outer world right now? And, you know, this is a revealing, it's showing up in your outer world because there's something going on internally inside. And it's not about shame. It's not about, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I did something wrong. It's not about that. It's like, oh, I get to look at something from a different way. And when we're talking about restoration, like I was talking about my home, which happens to be my generational home as well. So my grandfather's home back in the 1920s, 1930s. You know, so easily that most people just want to come in and just gut something or throw it all out. And I have a real issue with that with myself. That's my own personal path because it's like how I love being able to like recycle something, but not even recycle. I think the new term is like upcycle it. It's like, how can I really reveal the beauty in this and make it shine and polish it instead of just tossing it aside? And of course, during the pandemic, it's been crazy trying to get wood. And so it was really a good time to repurpose some old cabinetry. And when we tore down our back porch, we saved all of the shiplap and pulled the nails out and replaned it. And it's just sparkling. 
And I think we need to learn how to do that for ourselves. Don't you agree with that? It's like, how can we go in and look at that iceberg that's underneath or our own inner basement and repurpose things? Because there's so much gifts and so much treasure in there that just yeah. instead of I have to do it, I, I get to I do get this. to. And the so two things. One is it is the story that I tell myself because the experience itself was going and cleaning out a basement. And the story that I tell myself about it takes me either to a place of joy and exploration and curiosity by asking that empowering question of, Lua, I get to do this. What could I, what could I get out of this? How can I be more present? Um, Great empowering questions, by the way. Yeah. Or the other aspect of it, which would be, you know, if I chose to stay with like the old way that I used to do things, which was, oh, I have to do this. And now the the implied question there is basically, why do I have to do this? What's, you know, like there, there it's, it's a drudgery instead of an upliftment. And the reason I'm, I'm mentioning that, what you just said about upcycling. So the upliftment of the, the space around you. Um, and we talked about that in the feng shui episode of like what the outer does reflect the inner. So there's two ways that we can work with that. And both are usually <laughs> the way to go about it is work in the outer with awareness of the inner and work in the inner with awareness of the outer. And there's, you know, it's like, be aware, I guess the, the key being awareness, right? <laughs> yeah. And as a soulful leader, that to me is, is part of our stewardship. And, and what, please hear me, you know, when I say soulful leader, it's not that you have to be a leader of a company or an organization or a team, you know, we lead ourselves and that makes all the power of one. Like when we can lead ourselves from a more empowering place, I have a saying, it's like, you can either be bitter or you can be better. And so to use that as an empowering question is how can I be better from this situation? Because we are human beings. We are here to become something, the yeah. evolution. And that's where it comes right back to what we started with the memories. It's like, that's what we leave. That's what we leave as an inheritance to those are the beingness not the doing this so much. And I think about when you say um, memories, I want to talk about a fuller version of that, of it's the essence of it. And what is the essence that we want to leave behind? Because the individual memories, they can shift, they can change. They, you know, the, it's it's not so much this particular memory that I'm thinking of, it can be, um, it can be, you know, like for example, the, the house, right? I can choose to have a memory of it, of a joyous whole time or of a, a bitter time of like, oh, I had to do this or I get to do this. And it's the bigger essence. And when I say that, one of the things that happened was I made space inside of myself. And so this was Memorial Day weekend. We worked, my husband worked Thursday. I joined him Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then on Monday, we went to an art festival and it was absolutely amazing what the beauty that we not only saw, but found to incorporate into our own homes. 
And that's the thing that can happen is we make space. And so the individual memory is not the thing. It's actually the essence that you create. Yes. I was thinking of when you're sharing that, it kind of reminds me of like a closet. Like, you know, we've, we've put all this stuff in the closet, but if you don't make space, there's no space for us to have the new things to come in. And that kind of leads to another whole thing is like, sometimes we think more is better instead of like pulling out those, this is a great, this is great space clearing when you think of it too. It's like, you can pull out the things, whether it's in your drawer, in your closet, in your mind, in your heart, whatever it is, you pull out those stories, those ideas and say, does this story help to inspire me, to lead me into my best self? Mm. And if it doesn't, you know, then it may need to be you know, I call it kick to the curb, like, you know, put out to, to someone else, like somebody else could use it when you think of recycling somebody else, somebody else's, you know, your junk is somebody else's treasure kind of thing. Or you can say, is there a way that I could tell a new story about this or recycle it or upscale it or whatever you want to do with it? But I think taking the time to reflect on that and, and then you have space to be able to really receive and be open to what the universe is trying to give to you. Yeah. I remember a time in my life when I had a broken heart, like I had just gone through a really hard relationship and I was lying down the floor, just crying, 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 crying. I couldn't even, I could hardly hold it together. And I remember having a question that I kept saying, and, but I started it with a statement. I started it saying, God, I know you love me. I know you love me. And so I know because you love me so much that this is clearing me out. It's making space for something. So show me the purpose, the higher, most loving way of why this had to happen. And, you know, it was interesting because I, I probably said that mantra. I don't know how many times I, I, the breakup was like in May. I went through all summer through a whole huge cleaning out of emotions and questioning all of that iceberg underneath the water. And then in the fall, I was working at a university and I had a young man come in and um, that I was treating and he, 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 he was, he had just gone through a breakup and I was just sharing my own personal journey, what had happened and what I had helped me, you know, keep going, get out of bed each morning and, and have a, have a higher perspective. And I saw him like every single week for the whole first term. And then it came at Christmas time and he came into me and he said, he goes, I have to tell you, you know, the first day that I came to see you back in September, he said, I had written out my, my letter that I was going to kill myself. I was leaving a letter. I had everything all planned out. And he said, but something wow. shifted, something shifted in our conversation. And he said, I just want to let you know, he said, you saved my life. Wow. And I started to cry because I was like, you know, sometimes we think we're the only one going through something and it doesn't really matter. And it's not what I, you know, we get the itty bitty shitty committee and we blame and we shame ourselves. And if we can hold the memory that it's like your beingness, anything that you're going through, whether it's healing a disease in the physical body or a disease in your relationship or in finances or whatever it is, you're not alone. It's like, as you become and work through something, you become the antidote and the remedy for so many more people. And you may never, ever know why, ever. 
I just, my question was, I wanted to know why, and I wanted a witness. And it took, I mean, what is May to, to December? What is that? Nine months or something? It's like a child. So it had to give birth, right? It's like, it's like, so ask for it, ask those empowering questions and ask it from a place of love, not from a place of like bitterness, but from betterness, ask it from that place. And I guarantee you'll get the answer. It's so beautiful. Um, and the thing is that the answer never looks like we think that it should. And it usually doesn't happen in the timing that we think that it should. And that's, that's where the, we can be surprised and delighted, right? Right. The universe has a sense of humor, doesn't she? <laughs> so that was a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that that's really important for all of us and the leaders within us because we don't know how we impact the world around us. All we can do is keep becoming more and more aware of ourselves and that underworld and the outer world and the inner world and how they're all weaving together and stay on our journey and continue to make ourselves better and know that we are impacting the people around us. Absolutely. Every person matters. You matter. Yeah. Well, I think that's a beautiful place for us to wrap up today. And we will look forward to seeing you next week on the Soulful Leader Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. And that wraps up another episode of the Soulful Leader Podcast with your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to dive deeper, head over to our website at thesoulfulleaderpodcast.com. Until next time.